0: Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. We're to open up the Bible together today and uh, would love to share a couple thoughts with you. From the Word, we're in a series called With This Ring. We're talking about love and relationships, and everything, the weightiness of the covenant that comes sealed with a ring. Everyone wants the ring, but you need to know there's some weight that comes with that ring. There's some some real uh, value that is given. It costs everything to live in that kind of love. And, uh, and so today I want to share a few thoughts, and I'll let you know this ahead of time. I, I, uh, about a week and a half ago, I had surgery on my vocal cords. And so for those of you who don't know me, I'm not talking exactly as I would normally talk. I had to have seven days of complete silence after surgery, which was way harder than surgery. Uh, that's for sure. Like no talking, no whispering, no <clears throat> clearing your voice, nothing, just still. And then for the next few weeks, I've been told that I'm supposed to be moderate. And I don't really know what moderate means. That's not in my vocabulary. Like, just, you know, just take it easy. And, uh, and so I was like, so, like, can I officiate a wedding the day after? And the doctor kind of looked at me, which I did. And, uh, and, and so she said, you know, talking in like 20-minute chunks. And so today I'm going to endeavor to talk in about a 20-minute chunk. And everybody laughed because they know that's pretty unlikely. But I'm going to endeavor to talking about a 20 minute chunk. And uh, over these last uh, this last seven days, seven days of silence, I, I have seven thoughts I want to share with you today about better communication. Okay, seven thoughts today on better communication. Communication will help every relationship in your life. Without communication, there really is no opportunity for any type of genuine, authentic, real relationship. And so growing and improving as communicators won't just help our marriages, won't just help our romantic relationships. It will help every relationship we have, relationships with coworkers, relationships with employers or employees, relationships with neighbors, with friends, with family members. All the relationships and interactions we have are affected by better communication. Would somebody agree with that? Do we have any talkers in the room? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Communication, though, is more than talking, isn't it? Communication involves more than just the the sharing of ideas. It actually has to involve listening as well. It has to involve engaging as well. If I'm standing in a room by myself talking to myself, I'm not yet communicating, even though thoughts that have been processed with my mind are being articulated with my lips. I haven't yet communicated. Communication happens when somebody understands what I've said. Do you know that, that as the communicator, your responsibility is not just for what you say, but how it's received? Kind of a heavy thing, isn't it? I like, like, if you find yourself as a person constantly saying, Well, I didn't mean it that way, that's on you, not them. Okay? That's a, that's a you problem. If you're always having to tell people, I didn't mean it that way, like, there's something with your face that makes it feel like you meant it that way. Okay? There's something with your body language, there's something with your tone. There's something with the pacing of which you communicate that makes it seem that way. So if we become better communicators, it's going to affect and uh, bring advantage to every area of our life. So let me share with you a couple thoughts. First of all, point number one, and I think if ever you take notes, why don't you write these notes down, these seven thoughts on better communication. First thought, quality is better than quantity. When it comes to communication, quality is better than quantity than quantity. Now, someone's hearing that, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Quality, or Quantity is good, too. It's true. Quality is just better. Like, that's true. I, I think quantity of conversation is great. Uh, being Having the luxury to communicate over a long period of time is a, a wonderful thing, but quality of communication is always better than quantity. Are you with me? Someone agreeing with me today? So maybe more than, than most Sundays, if you could just answer back, it lets me know you've heard me, and then I can get this 20-minute talk done and not have a doctor mad at me for thrashing my voice. Okay? You with me? Quality is better than quantity. The quality of your conversation. I remember when when Jennifer and I were first dating, it was pre-email, pre-text message. And so we we wrote letters, like handwritten letters. And we sent them in the mail. And we didn't call it things like snail mail. It was mail because that was, that was mail. And so we, we would send letters. And there's something about a letter that you, that you generally pack quality in more than quantity. It's not like I'm going to say everything I've ever thought of saying. It's like I, I want to take my time to write exactly what I want you to hear. There's something amazing about it because you can edit your thoughts, right? You can go, wait, no, that, that's going to be read wrong. I'm going to just rewrite that. I'm going to re... And, and it ends up being this quality communication. We also talked on the phone a lot. And I, I'll be honest, often the conversations on the phone were just quantity. It was like there wasn't much quality to some of our talks on the phone. It'd be like, like if you're talking for four hours on the phone, there's probably you're not talking about much. And you end up like, oh, and then someone just walked past me and they're oh, they're walking fast. What are you doing? Still the same thing I was doing a couple minutes ago. But it's just that that's it's that desire to be together. There's a great desire to be together. There's value in being together, but quality is always better than quantity. See in the Bible it describes some communication this way. I'd love to show you uh these these verses Proverbs 1624 Proverbs 16:24 when speaking of communication, Proverbs 16:24 describes talk in this way. I love this. Check it out. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Gracious words are like honey in the book of Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this, in all your conversations, may, may your conversation be seasoned with salt. I think that's, that's interesting that quality communication is referred to as sweet and salty. It's what brings flavor. It, is, it would be a pretty unhealthy diet if, if you all you had is honey and salt, right? Like that would be a pretty weird, strange diet. But it's saying this like your quality conversation it's what brings flavor to life. Now, interestingly, in the Bible it says that, that humans don't live on bread alone. They live by the words that come from the mouth of God. So what sustains us is the truth in God's word. What brings beauty and, and, and virtue and enjoyment and pleasure to life is when you actually have people around you who also bring just a little bit of honey who bring a little bit of salt. They bring some flavor to life. And so here's the thing. It, it, sometimes in relationships, people, all they want is quantity. And so they're willing to take bad conversation because they're so desperate for any conversation. Do you know in the book of Proverbs chapter 27, it refers to honey in a different way. In Proverbs 27, 7, it says this, To those who are hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Think about that for a minute. If you're starving, even what's bitter tastes sweet, meaning this, if you're desperate for conversation, you at sometimes will, will pick for a fight just for the purpose of talking. Married people, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I would rather be talking than not talking, so let's just have any conversation. It can be foolish. It can be crazy talk. It doesn't matter. I just want, real, I want something. And so we end up seeking out quantity rather than quality. Husbands, wives, people, in your relationships, you'll have a, a better relationship if you're thinking this way. Is what I'm bringing bringing a little flavor to this conversation? Like, am I, just, am I just spitting words out, or am I being thoughtful enough that what I'm bringing to this, the gracious words I'm speaking are bringing flavor, bringing honey, bringing a little bit of seasoning of salt. I'm actually adding to this conversation. So, so part of quality conversation would be this. Put your phone down from time to time. Make eye contact. How many people think eye contact is sweeter right? Like actually, I'm with you. I hear you. You know, some little helpful things might even be like as someone's speaking, like nod. Yes. And then if you don't understand it, just be like, like, you don't have to interrupt them. Just be like, like some sort of indicator, like we're going to need to circle back that. I didn't understand that. So I'm not just going to blindly nod because I, I want quality conversation. Jennifer and I, when we converse, it sounds funny sometimes, I'm sure, because she'll say something. and I'll be like, okay, well, here's what I think I hear you saying. Were you saying that? And it's amazing how often I get it wrong. I'm like, man, that's crazy. We were in the same room, same time. I heard the same words. But what I got out of those words was something totally different. And so quality conversation is actually making sure not only that, that like, the, the words that came out of your mouth stimulated the muscles in my ear and I heard sound, but I actually understood what was being said. Quality is better than quantity. Are you with me? Okay, number two. Number two, this will change your life. Thank you is better than sorry. Thank you is better than sorry. Now someone's like, hold up. When someone does something wrong, isn't sorry good? Yeah, sorry is great, but thank you is better. Like a thank you relationship is always better than a sorry relationship. Okay? A thank you culture in your household will be better than a sorry culture. You should still say sorry when you're wrong. But, but here's how it manifests. Sorry that I made you wait doesn't sound as good as thank you for waiting. Like it's this crazy dynamic that shifts. Well, sorry that I'm such a handful. Or thank you for always being patient with me. Like one one gets this result back from your spouse or the person you're communicating to where they're like, Actually it's a joy. It's a pleasure. Amen. Then thank you. I feel encouraged. I feel like I'm doing better as a husband because you said thank you. But when you say sorry, then I feel like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to be sorry. And then it's this weird thing where we're we're like playing ping pong back and forth. And I throw it back at her like, no, you don't have to be sorry. It's my job. And then she's like, well, you know know what I mean? That difference, that dynamic, whenever possible, try to replace your sorries with thank yous. Like it's this little life thing. It's like a life hack. It'll change the way you talk. Right? Like you you say something wrong. like, Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Like, hey, thank you for extending to me that patient. You, you understood what I was meaning. That meant a lot. Instead of being the type of person who's always living in sorrow, okay? I would rather live in gratitude than sorrow. Are you with me? I would rather my wife live in an environment where there's gratitude than in one of sorrow. I'd rather my kids live in an environment where they feel appreciated and not as though they're, they're always having to extend forgiveness. Now, hear me. When there is legitimate wrong done, there's nothing better than sorry. And in our family, if someone says sorry, the only appropriate response to sorry is I forgive you, not, well, it's fine, whatever. That's not, that's not, that's not allowed. That's not allowed. Two wrongs don't make a right, okay? Like, I can tell I hurt you. I'm sorry for what I did. I shouldn't have done that. Well, you didn't hurt me. Yes, I did. That's a proud response, okay? Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever. I'm fine. No, you're not. It's not. So, so sorry is still valuable. I just think at a culture of thank you will always beat a culture of sorry. Are you with me? Okay, number three, in good communication, I'm telling you that's going to work in your workplace as well. It'll work with your friends as well. Not always be like, oh, hey, sorry, sorry I made you wait. Like, oh, sorry I'm late, but hey, thanks for waiting. It's just a different different milieu, a different environment is now created in that conversation. Like, oh, sorry, it was traffic. And then what do we do with sorries? We end up making excuses. So we weren't really sorry. We're like, sorry, there was just traffic. Well, which one is it? Are you sorry or there was traffic? It can only be one of the two, right? Like, why are you taking responsibility for the traffic? So, so like, wh- wh- what are we doing? You, you said you felt guilty, and now you're trying to expunge yourself of the guilt. Why not just not feel guilty and extend a thank you. Thank you for being so patient. I know I'm a little bit late. It means a lot. It just changes that whole conversation, okay? Better communication. Number three, number three, if you're taking notes, so I told you is better than I told you so. So I told you is better than I told you so. Here's how that plays out. Here's what that looks like. When things come to mind that we know are going to affect us, before we wait until they affect us, now that it's come to my mind, so I told you. I knew that, that if this was to take place, I would be bothered by that. That would hurt my feelings. And so instead of waiting for it to happen and then saying, I told you so, I just want to let you know ahead of time what I'm anticipating. This morning before we came to church, Jennifer had, like, I, I, I'm going out of town in a couple of days, and she said, before you go, I, I, I need you to do this thing. And I'm just telling you this now. Because if I tell you later and you're like, oh, why don't you tell me earlier? I'm going to be kind of bothered. And so she's like, I just thought of this now, and so I told you now. Rather than it getting later later and living with that I told you so mentality. Does that make sense? That might make more sense to married people than it does to single people. But it's possible from time to time that we hold back a little piece of ourself as if we think it will give us leverage later when people disappoint us. And when someone disappointed us, we can kind of live in that like, well, you should have known better. The only way they'll know better is if you help them know better. And so live with that type of thing. So I told you, I was feeling a certain sort of way, and so I told you. Because I don't want to live in. I told you so. I don't want to live. Like, like, for instance, when you're conversing, words like always and never, always never make things better. Just so you know. You always do this. That will ne- never make it better. So before you live in that type of conversation, that's the I told you attitude, just have a so I told you. Instead of I told you so, so I told you. I was thinking of something, and so I wanted you to know what I was thinking of. I want to give my wife a cheat sheet on how my mind works. I want her to at, be at ease in how my mind works because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be happier. Like, it's, even if it's just for selfish reasons, I'm going to be happier if I feel better understood. Are you with me? Okay, people can't read your mind. It's amazing. Brett and Liz, you, like, you exchange rings, vows, and kisses, and still, you don't know everything about each other. And, and Brett's mind is not going to get any easier for you to read, Liz. So, Brett, you need to share when things come to mind. You need to share when things feel a certain sort of way to you. When something was said that hurts you, it hurt me, so I told you. Because I don't want to hold that bitterness up and then down the road throw an I told you so down and be like, you always do this. I, I just want to have this environment. It came to my mind, came to my heart. It's something that I've been thinking about, and so I told you because I want you. To know me. Something beautiful about being known, isn't there? Something, something so safe about being known. There's something so comforting about being known. And so I told you. Number four, if you're taking notes, number four. This is a fun one. Not being a loser is better than winning. Come on, write that down. If you're sitting by your spouse, just give them a little nudge. Careful, careful, careful. Not being a loser is better than winning. Any competitive people in the room? You see, the thing about competitive people, there's two different types of competitive people. There's some competitive people who like winning. There's other competitive people who just don't like losing. I guess like winning. I, I like winning. I hate losing. I'm competitive because I hate the feeling of losing. Winning is like what I expect of myself. I'm like, I should win. Yeah, winning is like, yeah, that's normal. But losing, oh, I hate losing, right? But not being a loser is better than winning. It's better than winning. If you are going to have the type of relationship and environment where you have quality over quantity, where you are opening up your heart enough and you're saying, hey, I was thinking it, so I told you. Before I let it, let it kind of eat away at me, I just told you, because I don't want to say I told you so. I want you to, to know me. If in conversation you're living with gratitude and openness, like that's all very vulnerable, wall-down type of living, where you're letting someone get close. And the danger of letting them get close is they know how to take you down. Right? Right? They know that one button they can push that just immobilizes you. They know they know the kill switch in your life where they can low blow and take a shot and it's over. Conversation over, they win. The, the fact is the people becoming a loser to win is not really winning. Anyone ever like grow up playing video games? Anyone grow up playing video games? So like, like how many people played sports video games? Sports like Madden. Anyone play Madden? Okay, and then like, there's like this certain level of, of video gaming. I'm not much of a gamer, but when it comes to sports games, I enjoy sports games. And, and it's like you go on, someone maybe has done this before, you stack up your team with the people with the most skill. You play against the team of the people with the least skill. And then you just find the one play that works every time. And it's fun for a little while to win, right? It's fun for a little while. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's 114 to 0 at halftime. You're like, no, I never, you know, like, I, I never punt. I just go for touchdowns. I two-point conversion on everything. I've got my, my, my go-to play. It's just the Hail Mary pass of the side. I picked a faster guy than they have, and I just win, 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 win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what, right? It's just like that's the way I live. I just, I, but, but after a while, there's something kind of hollow in that, putting up a fake win. And it's, it's true in communication as well. It's true in marriage as well that there can sometimes be like that go-to move That you know will work all the time. But it's kind of like a loser move. Here's one of those, right? You're fighting. You're conflicted. You're trying to to get your point across. And then at some point, you you pull the bait and switch. We're like, fine then. I guess I'm just the worst person ever. (laughs) Go to move to win. Go to move. This person who's fighting with you all of a sudden, they're like, no, no, no. You're not the worst person. Like, yes, I am. I'm terrible. And then it's like. Now we're fighting about the fact that you're right and I'm wrong. How is that fair? That, that's a loser move. That's, a, like, that's not humility. You can dress it up any way you want. Well, fine then. I guess you made your point. I guess I am. No, 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 no. That's just your last ditch. That's your Hail Mary pass, and it works every time, and it makes you feel on the inside like, yeah, I got the best of that. You got the best of that by saying you were the worst. It just, it's messed up. Okay, it's wrong. That, that's one go-to move. For others, the, the go-to move is this: well, someone sounds like their mother. You're acting just like your dad. Right? It's just that little low blow, and you're like, like, why would comparing the person that you love to anyone else be a good idea? At what point in time did you think that was gonna be it helps you win, but you have to be a loser to do it. Okay, it's what the Bible refers to as malicious. Can someone say malicious? Malicious. Malicious. Book of Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians, chapter 3. You see, if I have to bring a, bring it to uh, the point that Jennifer has lost a conversation in order for me to be done, I'm a loser. Right? I don't want to walk out where one's the winner and one's the loser. We need to find a way to get on the same page because problems Don't separate us, okay? If you're in marriage, in relationship, you need to look at a problem as here's something that we are facing together, not here's the thing that stands in between us, and until we can work this out, we're separated. No, no. Come around my side, and then I'm going to come around your side. Let's look at this problem from every angle, but whatever we do, let's stay together, okay? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8 says this, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice slander, and even filthy language. Don't lie to each other. Since you've taken off the old self and its practices, now you've put on the new self, which is being renewed. Basically, it's saying this, folks, like the go-to move that we have to just win a conversation. Let's not go there. Let's be, be, hey, I don't want to be malicious. What does malicious mean? It means an intent to injure. And you know it. You know the buttons that you can push in your spouse, in your boyfriend, in your girlfriend, in your siblings, in your parents, in your kids. You know those buttons you can push. But if we're going to be the type of people who are being renewed by the, the knowledge of Christ, then we avoid those things. We're like, we've got to find a way to win without cheating to get there. You following me? with me? It's, I know it's like super practical. Here's the thing. I, I don't have much dynamic in my voice right now, so I thought I was just going to share some thoughts rather than try to preach. I'm not going to stomp my foot and, come on, people, because I, I just don't have it in me today, okay? So, yeah, number four, not being a loser is better than winning. Number five, number five, confrontation is better than criticism. Confrontation is better than than criticism. Pastor A.R. Bernard said this, all truth is confrontational. All truth. Because all truth confronts what isn't true. All truth is standing up against what is a lie. And and it's putting a, a line in the sand saying, no, like this is actually what is true. So all truth is confronting something. And confrontation is better than criticism. See, criticism, it tries to slowly kind of ebb away at what we think needs to change. Criticism is those little passive aggressive remarks. Criticism is like the, the person who says what they really wanted to say after they turn their back and they're walking down the hall, like, well, I guess that I'm just. And you're like, how did that help at all? How did that make anything better? criticism the bible puts it this way in the book of proverbs it, say, it says this how crazy is this uh, proverbs 21 and 9 says it's better to live on the corner of a rooftop than in a house with a nagging wife think like just think of the, the picture someone just perched up on the corner of their roof trying not to fall off like what are you doing up there like you don't want to know Like, this is actually the most comfortable place I can be, clawing to the side of my rooftop, just trying not to fall, but being inside is not worth it. The nag, can't handle it, right? Someone's like, wow, that's kind of degrading to him. And no, men do it too. In In the book of Colossians, it says this, husbands, don't be harsh with your wives. That's another version of nagging, right? It's that criticism that wants to point out the flaw and point out the fault. But the Bible says this, when we speak the truth, which we always should do, speak the truth in love. So it says, Confrontation that is done well is done in love. And you know what? Every, every conversation you ever have is just a form of conflict. You're sharing a thought that's slightly different than someone else's thought. And so there's just a little bit of conflict taking place. And if you can get good at conversing, you can be great at conflict. You just have to speak the truth in love. And then the Bible goes on to say this in 1 Corinthians when defining love and describing love, it says this love rejoices with the truth. So here's how it looks. There's something that needs to be pointed out in my life. Instead of nagging at me or criticizing me or waiting until a point I'm weak to try to throw in that punch, Jennifer waits until a time when I'm at peace and when I'm feeling strong, when I'm feeling good, and says, can I, can I take a moment and help you with something? And in my mind, I'm like, I like that you're being honest, but the answer is no. I don't need help right now. Anyone ever feel that way? She goes, I just want to share something. This is this is something I see that, that's affecting us in this, in this way. And I have learned over 17 and a half years now, my, my go-to response is, hey, thank you so much for sharing what you just shared. Because truth is beautiful. That means a lot to me that you would take the time and trust me, even if she's saying something mean about me. But I know she's speaking it in love. It wasn't irrational in the moment. It wasn't just a moment of, of reactionary passion. You always do this. It was like, hey, I want to be thoughtful and bring up this point. Confrontation is better than criticism. Imagine a, a relationship. Here's what happens: in the midst of intensity, couples try to sort out every problem they've ever had. Now, well, now I'm feeling it, and I want to bring up last summer when you did that. It's like, is this fall. Why are we talking about last summer? And then there's the the way you handle money, and I can't believe you're so lazy. And you're like, wow. We were talking about something totally different. See, because couples need to be fueled by passion before they're willing to get honest. I don't want to be fueled by passion. I want to be fueled by conviction. I want to be fueled by the conviction that a a relationship that's got open dialogue is always going to be stronger, that love always rejoices with the truth. And also, love keeps no record of wrongs. And so when I bring this thing up now, this is not last summer when you did this, said that, thought that. This is... This is at the most appropriate time I could think of. I want to bring this up. Here's what you need to do as couples. When things are intense, don't try to solve every problem there. Just get close. Hey, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. We'll get through this. But then when things get good, don't put off that confrontation. Deal with it. Like on the good day. Right, man, isn't it a beautiful day? It is a beautiful day. It's a great day for a conversation. (laughs) Let's have that conversation now. Because if you defer that, eventually you've got this hope deferred, which the Bible says makes the heart sick. So be the type of person who doesn't try to solve every problem at once. Right? And we do this in life too. It's like, man, I'm getting a little out of shape. Here's what I need to do. Clean my house. Why do you need to clean your house? You need to go for a run. Right? Here's what I need to do. I'm just going to resort everything. I'm going to organize. No, no, you need to get in shape. Why are you trying to solve every problem in your life right now? Just solve the one problem that, that is apparent. You know what I'm talking about? We just kind of do this, and we, we like to load down on ourselves every problem in the world and carry every burden. we got to face things one at a time, one at a time. So confrontation is better than criticism. Okay, can I give you two more? Two more in the next, next uh, four minutes here. Ready? Number Number six, dynamic is better than balanced. Dynamic is better than balanced and balanced. Balance is not the goal of a healthy life. Balance is not the goal of a healthy relationship because balance looks like this. When one person is feeling like maybe they're just getting a little too excited, we say this. Well, calm down. Husbands, when has the word calm down ever worked? (laughs) Ever. What are you thinking? Right? And then someone gets low and we say, oh, cheer up. What are we talking? We are saying that medium is the goal. If you get too high, I'm going to bring you back to medium. If you get too low, I'm going to bring you up to medium. But no dynamic is ever expressed, right? The Bible says this: rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who mourn. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it's like, hey, there's some time for laughing, and there's some time for crying. And so when someone finds something funny, don't be the person who's like, come on now, oh come on, don't get a little. And then they're they're crying, you're being hysterical. Don't like that will never work. Don't use that one. What are we doing? Trying to, why don't we ride that wave with the one we love? Ride the wave. Ride the wave. They're like, oh, man, this could be amazing. Imagine like this real estate thing. If it came together, how crazy. Well, you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Just pop their balloon, right? Okay, well, I guess we'll just talk about nothing then. I Like, dynamic is better than balance. It's like homeostasis. You remember that word from science, homeostasis, like getting everything to this balance level? I remember in our first couple years of marriage, Jennifer and I had this, this method of kind of homeostasis. Like, if she would get really passionate about something, I would just kind of get really chill. And then I'd be like, well, I'm just giving you room to be passionate about it. I don't know why. It was just this desire to be balanced, I guess. And then I'd get excited about something, and I could see her just kind of glazing over I'm like, okay, I just won't talk about that anymore. We'll just stay. Like imagine that, a song with no dynamic, a song with no high notes, a song with no low notes, a song with with no volume, a song with no quiet. It would be the worst song ever. So, so your, your life, it's like this song that's being written. Let there be dynamic to it. Does that mean like sometimes someone doesn't need you to solve their problem? Husbands, not every problem needs to be solved. Sometimes just, just join them and like, wow, that's brutal. That is disappointing. Like, like I think the devil has it easy enough discouraging us. We don't have to play the devil's advocate all the time. The devil's advocate, that, that means this, the one who helps the devil. Hey, let me just play devil's advocate here. You seem like you're getting a little too excited about this idea. What if it doesn't work? Just playing the devil's advocate. You're helping the devil discourage them. What are you doing? (laughs) Dynamic is better than balanced. So when someone's feeling something, encourage them feeling it. You might not agree. You can tell them that later. You can confront it with some truth later. Like, I feel like everything, the world's against me. Hey, hey, hey. The Bible says the world's not against you enough now. Like, let them get the whole thought out before you cut them off and try to bring them back to medium. Ride that wave. Dynamic will be better than balance. So are you following? Makes sense, yeah? yeah. Like, how discouraging is it when you're like, I have great news, and someone's like, Well, some people in life have bad news right now. Like, <laughs> and you're like, Man, I'm feeling this. I'm just, I'm really down. Like, well, some people have it worse. How's that helping me get back to medium? You're not even good at getting me to medium. Now I just feel worse. Okay? Dynamic will be better than balanced. That means that in life there's seasons. There's busier seasons where you have less time to communicate and you really need to draw on the fact that quality is better than quantity. And then there's times of openness where, where your schedule's not as full, and you need to say now while it's not as full, let's, let's put some roots down deeper for the next time when it gets busy. There's going to be seasons of busyness. There's going to be seasons. Of, but if you don't invest in those down times where there's more open space, busyness will take everything out of you. So just ride that dynamic together. Number seven, and lastly, I'll end with this today. Peace is better than easy peasy. Peace is better than easy peasy. Peace takes work. Peace takes work. If you're not working at your relationship, you're just trying to do what's the easiest, that relationship is fragile, that relationship will be very susceptible to injury or damage. Peace takes work. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, make every effort to keep peace. Peace, make every effort. That word effort, it comes from a Greek word which means this, to study, to use speed, to be earnest about, to be diligent about, to endeavor, to labor. In other words, I am constantly studying Jennifer. I want to get better at being on the same page with her. We decided early on in marriage we're not okay to say, let's just agree to disagree. That's not okay because every time we're like, hey, whenever we talk about that topic, we disagree. So let's just agree to never talk about that again and close off this little piece of ourself because it just leads to conflict. I would rather conflict over it over and over again because one day, now now, hear me, there's some things we still don't agree about. We just haven't agreed to leave it that way. We'll just keep visiting it. When we've got new thoughts on it, we're going to come back because we want to be on the same page. Peace takes work. Easy peasy is not the goal. Like in a relationship, like, oh, it's just so easy, so natural. I never have to try. Just amazing. Now that's not amazing. That's fake. And it's, it's not deep and it's not real. And it's not going to be able to go through storms. Because when we, when we make a vow, we say this for better or worse. And the truth is the worst part comes sometimes. And then we say in sickness or health, because sometimes there's sickness. And sometimes there's poverty. And sometimes there's struggle. And sometimes there's down. And you can't just live for holiday mode all the time. People go on vacation like, oh, well, if this was marriage, how good would that be? But it's not. It's just part of it. You can't live on holiday all the time. We work. How good would it be if it was only us all the time? Someone's like, uh, uh, maybe that's not my dream scenario anyway. But easy peasy isn't the goal, okay? We're like, oh, man, it's easy. We just think the same, act the same. We never even need to talk. It's amazing best best relationship I've ever had takes no work at all peace takes work and and peace is described this way as a ligament think about that every joint in our body is cared for protected and held together by a ligament meaning this two bones that are moving in different directions and and are pulling forcefully in opposite directions if not for the ligament there'd be damage right If not for the ligament, we wouldn't be able to go the distance. If not for the ligament, we wouldn't be able to be strong and secure and steady. Where there's ligament damage, all of a sudden you can't stand strong and you can't go the distance. But in a relationship with peace that you've put the work in, endeavored to study and effort and work and be diligent, what happens is this you have the strength to go the distance. Some people are like, Oh, are you and your wife different? Yes. In what way? Everyone. We're really different. But we've just said this, we're not okay to agree to disagree because peace is worth that work. We're going to just keep on working to get that ligament together. So even though I think one way and you think another, we're, we're working together in perfect harmony. See, that's what harmony is, right? Harmony is responsive. I hear what you're saying, and now let me find a note that, that blends with that. The Bible, that's what peace looks like, living in harmony, not just saying, I want to sing my note because I like my note better. We're both soloists. No, we're not soloists. We're part of a symphony. Symphony requires peace. It requires effort. It requires work. Don't make easy peasy your goal. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Our marriage is awesome. Haven't had to put any work into it for seven, eight years now. It's just been amazing. Easiest thing ever. Marriage actually is the hardest relationship in my life. And my wife's like the easiest person I've ever been around and still is the hardest thing in my life. The most the most effort is put into communicating well with her. Peace takes work. And don't even get get started with her. Think of how much work she has to do. <laughs> For seven days, I was silent at home. It's just an amazing, peaceful week. <laughs> but but that's not the goal. That's just an easy-peasy week. We didn't, we didn't disagree about anything that we talked about because we didn't talk. It takes work. It takes effort, but the, the effort is worth it. It gives strength, stability. It gives you the, the, the ability to walk through some things where others might be unstable, where others might fall. You can make it through. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.